Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. I'm, uh, I'm not a 21-year-old anymore, mm-hmm. um, so alcohol takes effect. Yeah. When you're 21, it just doesn't. Nope, it's true. Just, it's just, I miss those doesn't. days. <laughs> <laughs> um, despite the fact, maybe it's because 21-year-olds need something. Yeah. It's so hard being a 21-year-old. It is. It's like, because you're still essentially a teenager. Yes, the, the struggle is real. Podcast. It's the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you are assigned to read in English class. I am your professor. My name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him. And I am your librarian. My name is Marty. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. I almost said my you pronouns so first. strong. <laughs> my name is he, him, and my pronouns are Jack. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> and uh, and today we're talking about Jane Eyre. Yes! Talk about Jane Eyre, but before we get into that, how are you doing today, Marty? I am doing okay. Um, I am, as I told you before, I'm getting over a head cold, so I'm a little stuffy still. Um, and my toddler had some big feelings today, um, so that was mood. exciting. <laughs> yeah, mood. Um, it was... So the fascinating thing, and I don't know if I shouldn't be sharing this on the podcast and he'll hate me in 18 years, but he was doing this thing where like, he loves to watch you cook, but he's a super picky eater. He's always watching me cook. Yes, absolutely. He loves to watch me cook, (laughs) me and my husband, but he's a super picky eater. So you cook something and he doesn't want to eat it. But today it was like, I cooked a grilled cheese. I took it out of the pan and put it on a plate. And he, I kid you not, started like blood curdling screaming. And I was like, buddy, I'm not going to make you eat this. (laughs) Like, I don't know why. And he did that like three times. And I'm like, I don't know where, like, you're upset because it's not in the pan anymore. I don't like... I don't get what is happening here. But so that that was the kind of day we had. Um, Are you ever worried that you're like, do I suck at making grilled cheese? <laughs> <Do you> ever... <laughs> Maybe he's like, this is not what Julia Child would do. <gasps> yeah, he's, he's there. He's all like, um... Maybe I will eat the broccoli. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's really intense, though. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, you know, kind of coming down off of that. And yeah, the, the grand grilled cheese fiasco. Yeah, the grand grilled cheese, exactly. Um, but, yeah, no, otherwise I'm good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in another play which is cool. Um, we haven't really started rehearsals yet, but um, I get to play a pregnant lady in a play, so. Method. Yeah, right. Method actors. So method. <laughs> um, and and yeah, the baby is, is doing fine as far as I know. I went and listened to the heartbeat at the doctor's office the other day, and that was kind of cool, so. Wow. Yeah. 
It sounded regular. I, I mean, it sounded like because it's on like a Doppler, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, we hear something, and it... the, the beautiful poetic implications <laughs> of having a heartbeat that is just wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it sounded good. Like I could hear a beat, but it doesn't sound the same as a heartbeat that's not happening in a uterus. If that makes sense. I feel like if a heartbeat sounds bad, you know it. Yes. Yes. It's like if the doctor puts the stethoscope to your tummy, because that's how it works. <laughs> and you just hear, you just hear, dude! <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that's me. What about you? How are you doing? Oh, I've been doing so many Um uh, not at time of record, like not of time of this coming up, but of time of recording. It is almost October. <gasps> yes. Um, and I'm a little offended by the passage of time. Yeah, I know. Where there, where did September was, go? Yeah, there right? was something so unconscionably ephemeral about September that I'm only just dealing with the whiplash of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also because I have a weekly schedule now. Um, and I'm not concerning myself with things like, um, doing homework, just grading homework. Yeah. Uh, so like I have this concept of like days that stack and when you get into a, a a place where your days are similar enough to each other that they begin to stack Mm -hmm. and thus like, like you can move through them two or three at a time, Mm -hmm. time just kind of rapidly increases. Yeah. Uh, how how you experience it. So I'm sort of in this weird space where uh, I I have scheduled my time in, in which my mental health seems to be improving. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, time is just going much faster. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was it was Tuesday just two months ago. Like, I, I don't. Yep, I feel you. Yeah, that's crazy. And weird to think that we're coming up on... Um, a year of this project. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's quite bananas. And we just had our like one year friend anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we talked about that on on the podcast. That was but, pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah. For for regular listeners at point of listening to at least this episode. Yeah. When it comes out, Marty and I have been friends for a remarkably short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just um, like kindred spirits, you know? We just sort of yeah. connected quickly. It's good. Sure, whatever. Put another fucking label on it, I guess. Fucking totally label. Fine. <laughs> Can't believe this one. It's, it's like, <laughs> we're just work friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, it's like Anne of Green Gables. And then I realized that we have not talked about Anne of Green Gables on the podcast. I just read Anne of Green Gables with my book club. Wow, so I was like, we should. But I was like, why isn't Jack, like, picking up on this kindred spirits thing? It's a total, like, I'm dropping Anne into the conversation. <laughs> no, I like I like the idea of you getting off the Zoom call and being like, he's fucking making me read Jane Eyre. Why not pick a, a like, maybe a fucking longer book? Let's do War and Peace hey, in 20 minutes. I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got through it. No, I, I'm not going to say that that way because I actually did enjoy it. All right. Well, let's get let's get into it. Okay. So, um, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Um, I fucking love this book. So good. I love this book so much. Yeah. So much. Um. But in the spirit of trying to appear somewhat biased, mm, unbiased, mm-hmm. I'm very much biased, as you can tell. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um, uh, like, I'm I sweating didn't through. Just, I didn't just spit my I'm on the witness stand. Over. They're like, do you like Jane Eyre more than other books? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jane Eyre. All right. Jane Eyre uh, published in 1847. Uh, by Charlotte Bronte. So we're doing the sort of string of Bronte books right now. Yeah, where, where I'm last week it. we did uh, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. Yeah. Um, and 
Uh, I would say these two are the big two. Oh, yeah. I would say it's it's Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights that yeah. are the, sort of the big Bronte. The big ticket Brontes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Anne. Yeah, well, um, I'm not going to lie. When you were like, Agnes Grey, I was like, I've never heard of that fucking book. <laughs> yeah. Spo- <laughs> spoiler alert for next time. Yeah, but, sorry. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, uh, yeah, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte and Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. I think two of two of the most famous novels, I would say, in the English language. Yes. Um, question mark. If not in the English language, definitely from England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're they're huge. I would put them up there with uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah. In, in terms of fame. Yeah. Not not tonally. Oh no. Goodness Tonally no. put them with. With uh, Pride and Prejudice. Um, and Charlotte Bronte famously did not like Jane Austen. Oh, I didn't know that. The writing style, I believe. Okay. She found, she found Jane Austen's style a little frivolous. I mean, I get that. Like, when you read them next to each other, it's like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a difference. Jane, Austen, <laughs> Jane Austen's very, how can I say something without ever directly saying yeah. it? And Charlotte Bronte is very, I'm just going to fucking say it. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's super I, direct. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, very very direct. So Charlotte Bronte was born in 1816 and died in 1855. So awful. Yeah, it's very young. But all yeah. all of these Brontes, they just did not last. They didn't. They didn't make it far temporally. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is uh, interesting. So I also like this. I'm just thinking about it. So a shout out. One of my favorite podcasts of all time is the Dead Authors Podcast. Oh, um, okay. Uh, part part of me is like I need to mention every time a performer plays an author that we read I should oh. say it but I just keep forgetting Char- the Charlotte Bronte episode of um, the Dead Authors podcast I, it was really okay uh, really enjoyable I I think it's hysterical I'm um, gonna make a note of that and uh, <laughs> then, then retconning the Jekyll and Hyde episode sorry the uh, Robert Louis Stevenson episode yeah where Andy Daly plays uh, Robert Louis Stevenson I think. So fucking hysterical oh my god that's awesome okay so good but uh if you listen to anyone hans christian anderson who we haven't done on the pod we uh, should that, though that, that episode that episode's pretty yeah the the anderson oh i love hans christian tales. anderson yeah yeah yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll let's do that okay yeah. 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 We'll, we'll make a note um so charlotte she didn't live very long no um she no, also is really she lived very long. She was pregnant when she died. How fucking awful yeah. is that? I yeah, read that yeah. and I was like, ugh, <laughs> I didn't yeah, need to read this today. Um, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is brutal. I I don't think anyone was, is yearning for the life of the Brontes. No. No one's really like reading any of the Bronte biographies and thinking like, that's a that's a charmed life. No. That's, I, I I want to be Charlotte oh. so so bad. Yeah. Um, which is like, did we do that with Emily? Did we make a, like a Sex in the we, City comparison? We did, yes. Because uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying, "I'm more of a Charlotte." <laughs> <laughs> I am more of a Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it. Um, <clears throat> you're totally a Brandwell. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, so. As as keeping with tradition, I went to biography.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, what's interesting about this one is in the beginning paragraph, they don't even link to Emily's page. What? Um, they don't even link to Emily's page. And what I like is this is how biography.com describes uh, uh, Charlotte Bronte's sisters. Emily and Anne, who were writers as well. Wow. It just Damn. It just seems it seems so like Yeah. Like they're the little sisters. Yep. Like they're also there. Yep. They also wrote stories. How cute. How is cute. That? Yeah. Oh. oh wow. That's brutal. Who are writers? Uh, and I'm like, you can't say that about Emily. No. No. That's not fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's just, it's just a real a real glorious like yeah fuck the other ones yeah yeah nice nice job biography.com yet again um, <laughs> so, and Charlotte Bronte published under the pseudonym Currer Bell mm-hmm. so we mentioned this with uh, with Emily 
they sort of themed their pseudonyms. Yeah, which I love. Ellis Bell, Currer Bell, and Acton Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and Biography.com refers to Currer Bell, Currer Bell as Charlotte Bronte's manly pseudonym. Oh, manly. Uh-huh. It's an interesting that's, adjective. That is an interesting adjecti- adjec- adjective. Yes, not additive. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, other than that, I actually didn't do that much in-depth reading on Charlotte Bronte because yeah. I feel like a lot of it just sort of overlaps. I hate to say it, overlaps with what we talked about. It does. Um, so, if you didn't listen to the Emily Bronte episode, I'd say go to that episode, scan to about 15 minutes in. Yeah, and listen listen to us talking about Emily and her sisters. Yes, just ignore the part where we say that, you know, she was the fifth born child right. or whatever, and just know that Charlotte's older. Yeah, Charlotte was number three. That's what I have written down. Wow, so. all right. Yeah, Do yeah. you have anything you'd like to add? Um, or? I don't think so. I mean, I said... Uh, oh... Actually, one thing that when I was looking at Jane Eyre, like the history, the history of the background of Jane Eyre, um, it was listed as one of the most famous romance novels alongside Pride and Prejudice, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Because I feel like those, like you said, those books are so, those authors are so tonally different. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a, a curious pairing. Um, yeah, part, part of me wonders if it's like a woman thing. Yeah, yeah. These, it's like you these know these British ladies. <laughs> yeah. What do women write about? Yeah. Men. Men. And you know, love. 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 You know, relationships. Bearing children, mm-hmm. even though no children are born in either of those books. <laughs> Wait, no. In the end of uh, Jane Eyre, she talks about having a baby. Oh, that's right. Sorry, it's. Uh, it's only yeah, yeah, yeah. I only remember that because I just it's finished like the end it of the Hunger today. Games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if I don't know if you <clears throat> saw my Goodreads, but I did. I read Agnes Gray today. <laughs> oh my God! Are you kidding me, Jack? I had I had some I had, like I had a couple hours of unstructured free time. I didn't know what to do with. Wow. So I just fucking read Agnes Gray. And I was all like, I hope Marty doesn't see this and lecture me before we I, start. No, you know, I'm going to have you start coming over and babysitting <laughs> so, that <I> can, <laughs> so that I can read. Because <laughs> I, I kid you not, Jack, the last 20 pages of Jane Eyre, um, I was reading it with Coco Melon on in the background. Because <laughs> Will had just gotten up from his nap and I was like, oh, I need to finish. And yeah. So yeah, let's see. How long is Agnes Gray? It's okay. like two hundred pages. Two hundred. That's not bad. Yeah. No. That's why. I, that's why I only. I'm only giving you a week to read it. My God. Huh. Um. Yeah. No. I think that you covered all of the things about uh, Charlotte that I had written down. Um. And yeah, should we give uh, a synopsis of the yep. story? Yep. That is next. That is next on the list. Um, um, I don't really, I don't really think it's important that we go into like the minutia of it. I don't think so either. Um, but I, I do want to point out it was originally published in three volumes, which I thought was interesting. Um, classic, very Victorian. Yeah, yeah, and I. And speaking of someone who buys comic books only as they come out as in like graphic novel <laughs> form, yeah. If I was living in the Victorian age, it would piss me the fuck off mm-hmm. to wait for the second and third volume yeah. to come out for any book I'm reading. I'd be like, I'll wait. I'll wait until they're till all they're out. Till they're all is, out. Right. Yeah, this is how I feel about Game of Thrones as well. Oh Sound my god. Yeah, we can't even get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I also have feelings on that. But um, yeah, so, so Jane Eyre is essentially um, it is the story of Jane Eyre's life from when she is a child of about 10 um, up until she is, I guess at the very end, I think she's maybe in her early 20s, early to mid 20s. Yeah, like pre, pre-epilogue. pre Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I would say early 20s. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we always spoil things on, on this podcast anyway, but 
I'd say that the big um, the big milestones that, that any listener who hasn't read it needs to know are that she is, um, when she's young, she's an orphan. She's taken in by her aunt, who's very cruel to her, um, who has two other, or three other children, I guess, who she favors over Jane, um, and then ends up shipping Jane off to a boarding school that is very strict. Um, she makes a close friendship there. That friend dies. Um, Helen, (laughs) is that her name? Yeah. Helen Helen, Helen Burns. Helen Burns. Um, her friend dies. Uh, she continues on in the boarding school. Things kind of change for her because of her teacher, Miss Temple, um, who sort of takes her under her wing and is a really great, um, Oh, what's the word? Mentor for her. And uh, Jane stays on until she's about 18. And then she goes on to teach. Um, She becomes a governess for this wealthy man, Mr. Rochester or Lord Rochester. I can't even remember what his. Is it Lord? Official title is. I don't know. Is it Lord? I might be making that up. I just Mr. Rochester. He might just be Mr. Yeah. Um, Rochester. We'll just call him Rochester. Um, so she's working for him, um, governess to his ward, um, and they fall in love and (laughs) it's like super exciting and like super romantic until you find out that, oops, he has a hidden secret vampire wife living in his attic, essentially. Um, so Jane runs off in the middle of the night. Um, because she can't marry him while he's married to another woman. And she I read that somewhere. Yeah, right. It's usually usually frowned on. Um and then she winds up finding these cousins, like sort of by happenstance, um, inheriting some money and becoming an independent independently wealthy woman. Um, the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way by inheriting. Of someone dying. <laughs> and uh, and then she she reunites with Mr. Rochester, who has fallen on harder times, and they end up getting married. So it ends somewhat happily. I mean, he is like partially maimed. <laughs> It is so, you know, not great. Yeah, but he's he's war- he's disfigured. He's disfigured, yeah. At the end, which um, is how you know off screen he paid recompense for his moral for crimes. His crimes. His crimes against society. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's yeah, like yeah. The, the OG bad boy, Mr. Rochester. <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to talk about Mr. Rochester. <laughs> oh, um, oh, yes, we are. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot to ask, have you read this before? So, funny enough, I read about, I want to say about two-thirds of it before. I read up until Jane and Rochester's wedding, when the, the um, reveal of the secret wife happens and then I remember reading about her like running off in the night and then for whatever reason I never fucking finished the book and I yeah. I look are back you, on that you, like that you read up to the biggest oh yes. shit moment and then you're like I'm good I know and I'm like why why did I never finish this and so as I was rereading it I was remembering all of these details from the earlier chapters. And then I got to the point where she meets the cousins out like in Mm. the other part of the British English countryside. And, um, and I was like, Oh yeah, I think this is, this is where I stopped. And I think the reason I stopped is because they introduce, um, what's his face who I do not like. Sinjin. Uh, uh, St. John. St. John. Is that what Sinjin stands for? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, she meets St. John, and I remember at the time I was like, oh, they're just going to have her marry this prick. And so I just, like, stopped reading it. <laughs> and... you, are, you sound like Bronte's ideal audience. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, how wrong was I? I was also much younger, and so I just, like, I shoved it aside and never, never revisited it until now. So, how about you? How many times this, have you read it? 
This is, or this was, my fourth read. Damn, that's of, big of for Jane you. Eyre. Yeah, I um, one I just, I just like the book. Mm-hmm. I I need to be <laughs> honest. I just like the book. <laughs> um, but I read. I I was required to read this book at almost every stage of like my academic. Career. career. So okay. I, I read it in, um, I was in, um, I was in AP English, my senior year of high school. Ooh, look at um, you, Mr. Smarty Pants. Um, and I, uh, we had to go around, the, the teacher was like, you can't, I don't want to be reading the same paper from anyone, so everyone has to do their research paper on a different book. Oh, smart teacher. Class. Yeah. Um, and so she was doing it by, like, lottery. Okay. Um, and I wanted nothing more than to read Jekyll and Hyde. Oh! Um, Je- Jekyll and Hyde, but I was, like, last oh. in, uh, in like, the lottery of uh, of it. And I was, like, pissed off. Yeah. Because um, uh, my friend who, you know, I was in the class with, after my, my choice was taken, mm-hmm. he said... You know, I think Jane Eyre is pretty short. <gasps> no! Oh my god, what a lie! <laughs> and it's fucking not. No, it's really not. Wow, it's it's not at all. I wonder if um, had had this friend read like a great illustrated classics, like abridged version or something. This friend didn't read <clears throat> a single fucking book wow. in all of high school. Wow, he was a, a strict by the spark notes. <gasps> kind of kind of student yeah um so i i chose jane Eyre. um i got over it eventually i mean i'm still kind of salty yeah tbh yeah i'm still kind of salty about it but um i was reading and this was before i was like good at reading <laughs> yeah um because <laughs> i'm still i'm still in high school I, like i i don't read all that much because again you're in high school and who has time right um uh and so it took fucking forever yeah i was like I was, like, reading at, like, family parties. I was oh. reading car trips. I was reading before bed. Yeah. Um, but I I loved it. That's great. <laughs> um, I loved it from the beginning um, of my reading. Even, I'm like, I, I don't know half the shit of what's going on. I don't understand half of the language. But I, I read it. I read it there, and I did okay on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Then uh, I had to read it for my undergraduate degree because I took British women novelists. Um, one of it was one of my favorite classes, even if most of the novelists were from the modernist period. Oh. And I'm not a modernist. Okay. I'm like, come on, we didn't even read Orinoco. Why didn't we read Orinoco? Wow. Okay. Um, and it's not a call out because the the professor is still a, a good friend of mine. <laughs> um, but I read it. I read it there, and I I, I loved it then. Um, yeah. And then we read it in in conversation with like Wide Sargasso Sea. So it's like blah blah blah. And then um I did a, a class on Victorian literature. I had mm-hmm. to take a class on Victorian literature for my first master's degree. And uh, we we read it there. I think we read it soon after we read like Mysteries of Udolpho, mm-hmm. which um, we talked about with Northanger Abbey. Yeah. Um, and I did, uh, and each time, each time I just loved it. I just yeah. loved the book. Yeah. Um, I, I remember my, a friend from high school, she had to read the book and she did not like it. And I saw that she was reading it. And I'm, I'm like, I, oh, I love that. And she's so polite of being like, okay. Oh no. Like just not liking Jane Eyre. Um, like loving Jane Eyre is not something you're really just gonna bond with someone at like the bar. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> and then be like, yeah, and then oh my, and then she like, uh, she, she 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 just leaves. She just attacks him. She it's like the second chapter. She just like no, it's the end of the first chapter. She just attacks the boy. Yeah, she just attacks him, and they're like, this is like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> can you like can you like shut up? Try to watch the game. (laughs) Who cares about John Eyre? Like I don't care. Like yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's so Um, funny. And do that. So I've. uh, So this was my. This was my fourth go around. Nice. um, I still. And I feel like I like it more now. Yeah. Weirdly, like because I I understand it better. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I like even. 
you know, I, I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was that I read it. It was probably over 15 years ago that I did my first read of two thirds of it or whatever. And yeah, I feel like I really enjoyed it a lot more this time. Like, and I, I don't know how much of that is like, whatever, like life experience or just like, uh, like you said, you get better at reading the more you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the more, um, exposure you have to different authors and different styles of literature. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. It grows, it grows, uh, better each time. So, <laughs> all right. So, so let's, let's review this, this, this bad lane. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> I, I, the, the first thing that I want to say is that I, oh, I think no, no, well, we're back. We're, we're back. back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The first thing that I want to say is that I just fucking love Jane. She's an amazing character. Um, yeah, like, like. I love I love Jane. Yeah. Um I wouldn't like her in real life. No. I don't yeah. I would not be I would not be friends with her. But uh I, I I feel like we always go back to or at the very least I always go back to the secret garden. Yeah. Um and giving girls permission to be little shits. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I like I, I say that here but I don't really think that Jane is necessarily uh, a little shit. Yeah. I think that's sort of the story that's projected onto her by high society. And Mrs. Um, yeah, Mrs. Reed and, and her teachers and everybody. Yeah. 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 And, and she's just someone who wants to live like a passionate yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and when she's not allowed to do that, it has to come out some, somehow or some way or at some time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to attack this shithead little yeah. boy. Yeah. I'm just going to fuck it. You know what? You'll put me in a room that's maybe haunted by a ghost. Oh, my God. Oh, um, my God. Like I'm still going to fucking attack this boy. Like That moment, I was reading that and I was like, what the fuck? Like, who locks a kid in a spooky room? I mean, I'm sorry, like, that just, like, to me, mm -hmm. maybe that was, like, commonplace at the time. I have no idea, but, man. Is she a cat with you? Yeah, she is. She is. Sorry. You, you probably saw. You sneezed and uh, Harriet's tail <laughs> came up into the view, and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with your arm? <laughs> yep, it's my kitty. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, um, so I love, I love Jane. I, I think she's fantastic for wanting better for herself. Yes. Um, and going after it. She doesn't settle. She doesn't settle. Yeah. Um, and, and she, the closest she ever comes to settling, I would say, is talking to St. John St. John. Yeah. Um, saying, I will go with you, but I won't marry you. I yes. will go with you to India. Yeah. Uh, because he wants to do missionary work, I believe. I yes. Believe it's missionary work, um, and he like he wants to bring her as his wife, but there's no passion. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a marriage of convenience, right? A marriage of expectation, um, and this is after the whole ordeal with with Rochester, uh, Mr. Rochester, yeah. and um, she's like, listen. You don't make me wet. Like, like yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. No, like, it's true. It's like... And I, I do... Like, I think that's what I love about her is, like, she recognizes the way that she wants to be treated and the way that she wants to live her life. And mm -hmm. so she goes for it. And, like, like even, like, as a small child, you know, she, mm -hmm. she's just like, yo, Mrs. Reed, like, you suck. You're so mean to me. And yes. there's no reason for you to be this mean to me. Like, and she gets through to her. Yeah, and it's it's really amazing. And then like like you said, like with um, with Sinjin, she's like, look, dude, like, I appreciate the work that you want to do. I think that's great. I'm not gonna enter a loveless marriage. That is not mm -hmm. that is not what I want. I have experienced love already, and I really liked it. And I'm gonna go for that. I'm gonna go for that. You know. She's like. John, buddy. Yeah. If you're 
dick <laughs> doesn't twitch at the thought of me, it is not going to work out. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> just like, cause I'm not, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I, I had that. I just yeah. came from that. I'm not going to go into the specifics because, you know, this is a Christian household. Of course. And we are Victorian. <laughs> but it's just, it's not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work. Oh my God. Uh, which, is, which is crazy. Which, which, and it comes back to like the idea of she's, she's someone who wants to be loved. Yeah. She yeah. wants to be loved and she will go for it. And when she's in a situation where she feels like it is not possible to be loved, mm-hmm. she will go elsewhere. Yeah. She will seek elsewhere um, at, at whatever the cost. Like when she leaves Thornfield after meeting Bertha Mason, the woman in the attic, the mad woman in the attic, mm-hmm. um, a classic trope at this point, um, she, she can't stay. Um she can't stay. She wouldn't stay, regardless of it. And she like she just, like she like sleeps on the ground. She goes yeah. as far as her money will take her, and she'll just she's just like a, a feral woman. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. be like, fuck it, I will find it, and it all it all works out in the end. Like yeah. we could only dream to run away from an unfavorable circumstance, only to find like land on the doorstep of people who are one nice enough to take you in, right, and two nice enough to actually turn out to be your cousins. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. I mean, all of that stuff is like, oh, okay, so this is a novel. Like this is like, mm-hmm. but I feel like the the spirit of Jane feels very real and like, and her commitment to being loved and loving others, I think is really strong. And, and one thing that I love is that even when she is wronged, she doesn't walk around with a chip on her shoulder. Like even though Mrs. Reed treated her like crap as a kid, she finds out that she's sick and maybe dying and goes back home to like, take care of her and her own kids aren't doing that for her, you know? Mm. And, and Mrs. Reed is still being kind of horrible to her, but she's like, look, I, I want to move on. Like, I want to move on from the past that we had together and like, you're dying and like, can't we like make amends right now? And I just, I love that. I'm still a bad person, but at least I'm not lying to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, there's something really great about that and yeah. genuine about that, you know? So I, I, I wrote I wrote this down. Um, you, you mentioned that it's a novel. Like, yeah. it, it's just rife with these these moments that are like, oh, this is an architected circumstance. Right, right. Um, and it's like, oh, they're her cousins. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and par, part of me... Um, the way I, I write it is she's good at planting seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I never really appreciated until this read through. Um, because I used to be very annoyed with the fact that Thornfield, when Jane's away at the end of the book, Thornfield burns down. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of annoyed that something so huge happens off screen. Oh, Yeah. Um, cause as, as like a reader, how juicy is it to see like, oh, this is a place we know right. we spent time at to actually see or experience it burned to the ground that used to bother me, mm-hmm. but she introduces the seed of this house can catch fire earlier on. In the oh, book. that's so true. Yeah. Like, like we, we know, we know that Bertha gets out yeah. and we know that she starts fires. Yeah. Um, so it's not something that necessarily just happens right like i i used to be i used to make a joke of it i i even did it this time around i was saying the old-fashioned way in victorian literature of making your fortune is having a rich family member die yeah yeah um uh and reading through here this is something that like it's not just that jane is rich now it is something that charlotte bronte plants earlier on yeah she says mrs reed in like a matter of repent um, gives Jane a letter that she held saying she's got she's got an uncle yeah. who wants to support her and it's yeah. like what a shitty thing to is, keep from a child who has nothing. Yeah. Um. But it's it still it comes back later, uh, which is how she gets 
her money. It's not like, oh, and now you're rich. Yeah, right, right. Is it the most finessed way of writing a book? I can't say so. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't say so. But is it fun for me? You you bet your sweet, sweet bippy it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> of that. And, and like the... So she, she she's able to build the book in such a way. Like, yeah. we learn that people think Mr. Rochester is peculiar before we see him being peculiar. Right, right, yeah. Like, ev- the things are are sown and they're harvested in this yeah. book. Regardless of how artfully done it is. No, but I, I, like, now that you're pointing that out, I am... I'm rethinking it and seeing that she really does do that throughout the, throughout the book. And honestly, as someone who's not a writer, that's impressive to me, you know, like to, to, to either think ahead in that way or say like, Oh, I want this to happen. How can I introduce it? How can I go back Mm -hmm. and introduce it earlier? Like, I think that's, that's a skill that is um, noteworthy. Yeah, and I would say there there are some writers, I mean, obviously, there are writers who are more artful about it than other writers. Yeah. Like, I'd say we could go back to Native Son oh, and see yeah. all of all of the seeds right. uh, being planted there uh, and do it. Because when you're reading, like, the first third of Native Son, you know yeah. something bad is happening. Ugh, yeah. Even if you can't point specifically to what bad thing is happening. Right. Outside of like, oh, the these people are putting uh are putting this main character in danger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're not aware of it. And then then it, it comes around, you know, by the third act. Right. Um and in um Jane Eyre, that's something that, that Bronte is aware of. Yeah. She's conscious of of it and she's going through and she's doing it. I think fairly effectively yeah um because both emily and charlotte they're pro sensationalism oh yeah they're they're pro like oh yeah hey, wouldn't this wouldn't this be fucked up oh my god <laughs> um, it's so great i i really i eat it up i love it <laughs> Yeah, it, makes, it makes her a fun reading experience. It is really fun, yeah. It's yeah. like, these are definitely characters in a book. Yeah, yeah. But you, you can empathize with them, you can kind of understand them, and you can be like, whoa, Heathcliff, Kathy, <laughs> what the fuck, Rochester did what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, which brings me to this point that I wrote where I said Wuthering Heights was a soap opera mm-hmm. in Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre's not a soap opera, no. but Mr. Rochester is. He is, yes. He is He is his own little soap opera. He's so fascinating. Um, yeah, I, and it's it's so funny because the whole time that I'm reading him, like, telling his story of his past and, like, the way he talks to Jane, the way he um, is, like, speaking to her of his love, it's the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, God, like, I hate you, but I also really like you. And like, I, I, I don't know what to do <laughs> with that, you know? Um, I don't I, know. I wrote it, I wrote it like this, and I really want to share this thought with you. Please. Jane and Rochester are that weird couple in high school where it's like, thank God they have each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> It, it's it's like she, like she's a sophomore, he's a senior, <laughs> and the power dynamic is just imbalanced it's like enough. So yeah, but she she's like, listen, I'm gonna get good grades, and he's like, no one else will talk to me, and somehow they <laughs> gravitated towards each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, in, in a way that they both are really satisfied with. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. Like you, you invite the Rochesters to a dinner party. You're like, I hope they talk to each other. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's, yeah, he, he's fascinating, and I actually realized this as as you were talking about um, soap opera versus non soap opera. Um, I forgot to bring up that there's a musical of Jane Eyre. Um, what? Yes, there's a Jane Eyre musical from 2000. I believe it won five Tonys. Um, Air musical. And I. 2022. <laughs> Sorry, keep 
Keep going. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that as I was reading the book and thinking, like, how the hell are they going to, like, make a song of, like, all of Rochester's crazy-ass shit, right? Like, <laughs> like his, his whole thing of, oh, I had this mistress in France, and then, you know, that's where Adele comes from, and I don't know, he's just... And then his story of how he meets and marries Bertha, like, all of it, I'm just like, this is nuts, like, this guy is crazy, and, like, like, how... He must be so oh super God. charismatic, right? Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the, <clears throat> the musical numbers in the Jane Eyre musical. Ooh, and do tell. And I, I got to say, um, nothing in particular except the fact that I'm currently filled with rage. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just... Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like... This one too, huh, theater? <laughs> oh God! Oh no! Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I haven't really heard we the do music. A this. Yeah, yeah. I um. Oh, I'm very curious about it, though. <laughs> very, very. Jane Eyre is just not a character who I'm all like. I want to hear this one sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the music is really beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not attacking you, Marty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to. I just have to listen to you. <clears throat> I know. Oh, that's that's wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's um, wild. Yeah, yeah. Rochester, man, he's so weird. And again, another character from this this era of literature that we've been reading, where they're just like, yeah, he's ugly as shit. Like and, yes, uh, that's one of my notes. <laughs> Keeping with the Victorian uh, tradition of just saying, "Wow, you're ugly as shit." Yeah, and like Jane is even like, he's like, "Do you think I'm handsome?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> just like, and then it, it comes up at the end. Yeah, again, yeah. Which I I love, <clears throat> where where he's d- disfigured. I hate that phrase, disfigured by the fire. Right. Um. He's he's blinded. He's kind of melty. He has a limp. <laughs> um. And. He's he's saying uh, like like at the very end. This is them flirting. Yeah, it's like, I know. Do you think I'm handsome? And she goes, No, but I never thought you were handsome. Oh my god! And I'm like, That's so fucking good. I know, I know, and I, I love I love when they get engaged, and Rochester like totally does a 180 and becomes like Mr. Romantic and is like, I'm gonna like buy you all this beautiful clothes and I'm gonna like. Oh, you're my angel, you're my darling. And Jane's like, cut the shit. Like, this is not us. This is not how we interact. And I just, that's, like, I love that. I love that she's like, we are going to be who we are in relation to each other. Like, Yeah, Rochester is the epitome of extra. Yes, yes. He is. My personality is whatever I think it is at the moment. I'm just going to roll with it. Um, and it's gonna be fine, and and I think that's what Jane likes about him. Yeah, he's passionate. He is passionate. He's like, I, I am what the moment calls for, and she's all like, he is what the moment calls for. Ooh, <laughs> like, I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I I love it. Um, I love it. And so there, actually, I'm going. I I texted you that I actually like took notes as I read. Yes. Usually I read and I write down my thoughts. Um, and so there there are these moments with Rochester that I, I picked out. Um, <laughs> uh, where he's like, they're talking for the first time and he like asks her her age and he's like, what age were you when you were at school? It's like about 10. He's like, and you stayed there eight years. You are now then 18. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Arithmetic, you see, is useful. Oh my god! Um, as I should hardly have been able to guess your age, and I'm sitting there being like, "You didn't guess her age. You, you asked. knew she was at school yeah. for eight years, and she was there when she was ten. It's basic fucking math." Oh my god! He's there, like, you know, you know, I'm really smart yeah. too. Yeah, look at me. I know, I know math. I'm able to guess things about you as long as it's basic math. 
Um, and I'm like, this this fucking guy, uh, because he's not subtle. He he has no he has no like self awareness. Yeah. About anything, uh, because there's another this other moment that comes up about like a hundred pages later, where. It's him, and he's talking about uh, Blanche Ingram, the the woman maybe he's going to marry, maybe not. Um, and he, and Jane's like, oh, you you and your bride. Because she's, like, needling him. She's, like, yeah. picking on him. Yeah. Um, and his exact words were, uh, my bride? What bride? I have no bride. Like, absolutely fucking freaking out. Yep, yep. Of it. Uh, of like, dude, you you might as well just say that you're you're holding your wife hostage in the attic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? What? What are you talking about? My girlfriend. What? She goes to a different school. You you don't know her. Um. <laughs> she lives in Canada. Um. <laughs> she lives in Canada. Oh, she's really cool. It's like the polar opposite of that. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, this dude, like, this dude has no idea. I know. What's going It's like, if he wasn't born rich, he'd be dead by now. Oh, totally. And he's also, like, can we talk about how he's, he's like a fucking weirdo. He, like, it's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend I'm a fortune teller. And, like, what is that? Like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why is he, like, oh, I'm going to mess with all of, like, my party guests by, like, cloaking myself and being like oh i'm a fortune teller i'm going to read your mom i'm like dude like it's i will marry thee should you answers my riddles three (laughs) it's so crazy it's so so crazy i love it he's he's just so theatrical he is he would be he would be a magician A modern interpretation of Rochester, he would be like, like illusions for the landed gentry. (laughs) Um, Not, not to like hate on magicians, because sounds like a YA adaptation. Oh my god, yes, Rochester as a magician. (laughs) Yeah, there's already that series that's like Jane Eyre, but Jane's a ghost hunter. Oh, I don't know that like one. That. I, I haven't read it. I think My Lady Jane That's is what I'm thinking of. That's so funny. I don't know that one. My Lady Jane. Yeah, I'll look it up. Maybe maybe we read it on the show. Who I would knows? love that. Um, oh, God, yeah. All right. And then my, my last quote that I wrote was um, from Helen Burns. Oh, Helen. So Helen Burns, I would say, is like Jane's first good friend yeah absolutely um, and if anything her first like love mm-hmm. um where like no strings attached just helen is just this uh paragon she's of so virtue. sweet yeah yeah um and which is why she had to die of course um well i've been doing i'm like i think i ever since i thought about it i see it in like every book which is um you take the best character and you kill them. Yep. Yeah. And you make the shittier characters learn to live with themselves when someone's not <laughs> without like yep. that support. Um, and so Helen Helen Burns uh, is just like she's she's just like going through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's just like you know, bad things happen to me, but they're probably for a reason. <laughs> Like, so it's like so heartbreaking that she yeah, I, she's like this like sickly sweet kid who like the teachers all pick on and like no one ever stands up for her and mm-hmm. Jane's like what the hell Helen stand up for yourself like you shouldn't be treated this way and she's like eh, it could be worse, could be worse. I'm, I'm fine and so one of one of her dying sentiments was this and I just think it's so fucking miserable oh uh helen says by dying young i shall escape great sufferings oh god and i'm like oh no child should be thinking that no oh knife in the heart jesus like like you're you're thinking one you're dying yeah and you want to make your friend who cares about you feel less bad about you dying yeah um 
But also being a child and thinking, like, listen, it was only going to get worse from here. Oh, my God. And that tells you that, like, she's a kid who's seen some shit, right? She's, like, seen, she's been through the system. Yeah. Like, she, she's, just, she's just trying to get by. She's just trying to survive. Oh, um, poor Helen. Just, by dying young, I shall escape great suffering. And then doesn't I, she, fucking... like, die in Jane's arms? Like... Something poetic and a I... little... Yeah. Um, uh, I think sensual. I, I agree. Yes, there's something you know, very... Like, it's very romantic. It's like, yeah. yeah. It, it is. <clears throat> I, I would say, um, he, like, not to cross the strings of friendship and romance, um, but I feel like there is some sensuality. There is. No, totally. In, in, their, in their relationship. Yeah. Um, I think part of it is, like, th- these are girls who have probably never experienced such attention yeah. before. Yeah. And so they provide each other this sort of net. Yeah. Um, and so a, a level of safety and comfort comes with that. Yeah. Um, at the same time, it's like, they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, it's, but it's so sweet. It's like, you know, I feel like they were not snuggled. You know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. like, they, like, snuggle each other. And it's really, I, I don't know, it's very beautiful and very... It is. Very sad. Um, yeah. But it's also, like... You know, it brings you some peace while you're reading it. It's like, okay, well, at least Helen wasn't completely alone when she died of whatever it was, tuberculosis. Or like, oh my God, the poor yeah. kid. Poor uh, kid. Jeez. Yeah, oh, man. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is the, the one, I would say, one of the most famous lines. One with the book, but two, maybe in English literature. Okay. Um, reader, I married him. Ah. So one of the things I like about this book is the book is being written by Jane years after the events of her life has happened. Right, right. Um, so there are all these moments where she sort of turns to the camera mm-hmm. and talks to you directly. Um, and you see these moments with, like, one, she'll say reader. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she'll she'll outright say, I'll spare you the details of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or something like that. And I love uh, that. In when it's well done in novels, I, yeah, I enjoy yeah, it a it's lot. something to say. I talk about Lemmy Snicket a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it when you have the narration, like sort of a removed narrator plugged into the story. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, but to to a degree, the the line is somewhat controversial. I would mm. say in academic spheres, of um, people being angry that. Jane goes back to Rochester at all. Uh-huh. Um, because it's not the healthiest relationship. Well, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that but, is true. But it is, but it is the hottest relationship. I mean. <laughs> um, that Jane has ever known. Yeah. Um, and it, it sort of ties up the narrative neatly. Yeah. It's like, especially at time of writing, it's like, we can trust that this is a story about a woman and it's over now because yeah. she's not dead, but she is married. <laughs> Uh, I also like that it's I married him, not like he yeah. he chose me or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's something again. It's like that that agency that Jane has. Yeah, like she condescends to his level. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was one of the most famous lines. Yeah, yeah, reader, I married him. I think there's a whole book. There's an adaptation. I'm going to look it up, actually, before I, I speak it. Okay. Um, the line that is on the yeah. back of my copy is, quote, I would always rather be happy than dignified. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the quote on the back of mine is, it is vain to say human beings ought to be satisfied with tranquility. They must have action, and they will make it if they cannot find it. Ooh, now that's hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I also, I want to shout out uh, my mom, mm. who's listening right now, who does not like this book. <gasps> Rosa! She does not like um, most, if not all, of British literature. Interesting. I thought you were going to say gothic. Because nope. my husband does not like gothic literature. I don't know how you can't like gothic literature. I mean... Unless you don't like reading. <laughs> it was so funny because when we read Wuthering Heights, he was like, 
Yeah, I don't think I finished that one. I had to read it because he, he was an English major. Had to read it. I think I spark notes the end of it. And then I'm reading Jane Eyre. And he's like, oh, yeah, that one, too. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> That's good. Well, so I was I was reading up on some of the background uh, history, uh, the the historical context and the literary context of Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about, you know, drawing on you know, the the literary canon of Gothic literature pointing to Walpole's Castle of Otranto and uh, Radcliffe's Mysteries of Udolpho, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. um, and talking about how one of the things that Charlotte Bronte wanted to do was she wanted to root this book more in a, a tradition of realism, drawing mm-hmm. upon gothic tropes because i would say the most sort of monstrous or fantastical thing that happens in the book outside of allusions to fairy tales and the fantastic um is the figure of bertha mason who mm-hmm. is again this, this monstrous uh bad woman in the attic um who's secluded away um and then i think about us talking about things like it's a novel it's very yeah. architected so the idea of she was going for realism and she still gets this very sensational yeah. book this very working class woman marrying a member of the aristocracy right um very oh they and they were my cousins the whole time um it, it doesn't really feel like it's grounded in that that realism it's grounded in sort of this realm of suspension of disbelief like you mm-hmm. need to be able to to enjoy it through being like fucking i guess okay yeah okay yeah. charlotte okay i'll go along with I'm this on the ride one. okay <laughs> um uh and and i think uh, and i want to say walks out with a rather fun read yeah um oh totally I, I like here towards the end i do want to say it's still, it's not the oldest book we have, but it's still a relatively old book. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do some work to understand the language because it's 200 right. years old. Right. Um, uh, 250 years old, maybe? I don't know. <sighs> I don't, I mean, I'm not going to do the math. I, I don't math. A non-zero amount of centuries have mm-hmm. passed. Um, and uh, just like, it, yeah, not everyone's cup of tea. Right. Right, no, totally. Cup of tea, um, but fuck, I love this one. It's, it's, I really, I really, really enjoyed it, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Shall we? Do you have any last thoughts, or shall we go into rabbits? No, let's let's jump into rabbits. All right, okay. Um, We're gonna go to rabbits. All right, okay. So welcome to rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show uh, where Marty and I rank the book on a scale of uh, five rabbits. We're allowed to do decimal points. Don't think too much about what it means to be a half rabbit. Um, so, Marty, uh, out of five, out of five rabbits, what do you give? What do you give Jane? So Jane is getting four. She's getting four, four. rabbits. Yeah, which I feel like is a strong. I mean. I don't know. I'm not as strict as you are, Jack. But, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book. Um, It definitely, like, swept me away. Like I said, I loved the character of Jane. I thought she was a really great protagonist. Um, Loved following her along. Loved slash hated Rochester. Super glad she didn't end up with St. John St. John. yeah, it was it was just a fun a fun escape um, and a fun read. So yeah, four. It's getting four from me. I maybe I'm more of a Charlotte than an Emily as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in our hearts, mo- I think most of us are. Yeah, I think the real downer is when you take like the personality quiz and it gives everyone Anne. Ah, worst. It's like you, we wanted to be a Charlotte and Emily, but we ended up we walked out of it an Anne in a brand way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you so how many rabbits have you I, gotten from you i am gonna give it four and a quarter rabbits Ooh, that is I, strong i was debating giving it four and a half rabbits but i think i needed to temper my enthusiasm on the grounds of nostalgia okay um like i 
because this is a nostalgic book for me. This was a book that I was reading when I was getting into reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, and doing it, and that's huge. That's like huge. Um, and like uh, I love it. I was in a reading slump, um, between episodes here, um, where like I had a, a like a couple books that I was just really looking forward to, but just to, they didn't excite me. Yeah. And then I like I went into Jane Eyre, just being like, oh man, just fucking welcome back. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, totally. Uh, of Jane Eyre, so there there's that degree of nostalgia to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think uh, I don't I don't think it's a difficult book. No. Yeah. I think some people like to go into a, a book like being challenged. I don't think Jane Eyre is a challenging read. Um, I, I think there is that degree of um, sort of fun sensationalism that goes into it, uh, a degree of commercialism that goes into the book yeah. that, that comes out of it. So like I just I just really enjoy it. Um, I think I think it's fun. like I, I'd take this I'd like read this on a cruise. <sighs> I'd read this at the beach. That's great. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be all like, this is really going to press the boundary of what I think about humanity and society no. as a whole. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, fuck Yeah, you fuck it. You take what you deserve. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so um, uh, I really, uh, I enjoy it. And I think if you can get through the language, it's an easy book to write a paper about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long book, but it's an easy one to write about. Right. Oh, there God. are some so, strong so, themes. It's a it's a an intense plot. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree yeah, with so you on that. Four and a quarter. Nice, nice. Four and a quarter. That's solid. Right. There are gonna be some people out there who are like real Lord of the Flies stands. <gasps> who are like, are you fucking Jeff? You know, fucking air. I still haven't gotten any uh, hate emails about Lord of the Flies. <laughs> yeah, no. I just remember talking to like some of my colleagues, being all like. <clears throat> Well, yeah, the thing about Lord of the Flies is, I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm not wavering on my stance now. Nah, nor should um, you. All right. Okay. Well, uh, thank y'all for listening. Yeah. Um, this has been the Summer Reading Podcast. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at nathan.morrissey77. Uh, our editor is my brilliant, amazing, wonderful, lovely, brilliant uh, mom, Rosa Maria. You can find her at Crochetwell, both on Instagram and on Etsy. Go go support her there. Um, Marty will tell us what the email is. Oh, yeah. The email is summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Send us a note, please. Thank you for listening. I have been Jack. That has been Marty. Uh, please join us next week when we read, we said it already multiple times this episode, Agnes Gray by Anne Bronte. Woo! The uh, lesser known book of the lesser known Bronte <laughs> sister. So join us then. Thank you for listening and uh, goodbye. Peace.